So, ask the person next to you, are you ready? Something's about to happen. Yeah. I think, uh, first I just want to say thank you for your hospitality. Um, it's been a long journey to get, get to this place. It's been a walk. It's been a, an awesome journey, an adventure. And looking back, seeing uh, God every step of the way. And He always got us. He's got us. So, it is Easter, and it's called Good Friday. Tell the person next to you, it's good. It's Good Friday. And it's a good gospel. The gospel means good news. And it is not an overstatement. The, the Bible, if you take it and you read the book cover to cover, you realize something, that it's all about Jesus. From beginning to end, it's all about Jesus. And then the interesting thing is that you come to know, the conclusion, and the only conclusion you make, Jesus is all about you. And he's all about the person next to you. And I would like to take the very famous scripture, John 3.16, and it says, For God so loved the world, for he so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus, who is Jesus? He is the expression of the love of the Father. God is love and he expressed his love through Jesus. Let's go to John 10, verse 10. Why? Why did Jesus, Jesus come? Can I get that? John 10, 10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have, this is from the Amplified, that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Not in small measure, just not a little, not get by to the full. You see, from the beginning, the enemy brought the concept of lack. Right in the beginning, in the garden, you all know the story, Adam and Eve, with the fruit. No one knows, everyone assumes it's an apple, but I, uh, there's no really reference. It could have been a banana. I don't know. But at the beginning, right there, what the enemy did is he brought in, the concept of lack. Lack. If you eat of this fruit, then you will be. Then you will have something that you don't already have. Concept of lack. It's like marketing nowadays. It's always, this is why you need this product. And you got to do this. And this is the thing you need. And you think, oh, I need that. And i gotta got to get this. And then you realize, I just, I just think I just wasted my money, man. I just like these marketing. It's so everywhere. Everywhere you scroll, it's marketing everywhere. And the, the, it's, the one goal is to make you believe that you need that thing. That one more thing, and that's going to make you happier. That one more thing, and, and yeah, now, you know, now it'll be different. Concept of lack. You see, but he said, I have come to give you life and life in abundance to the full. So from that moment... 
that there was separation from God, that lack was brought into the picture. God had one idea, to bring us back into union with Him. That's His heart. You see, it's the love of God that brings people. It's the love of God that brings people to repent. What does repent mean? Everyone knows the word repent. Repent to confess your sins and you shall be saved. Repent means to turn away from. It means to turn away from the problems and the issues and the sense of lack and turn to God. Repent means to turn away from, for what? For a purpose, to turn to God. And it's the love of God that brings people to turn away from and look to Him. It's the love of God that, that makes everything make sense. I remember um, a story, a quick story. Uh, in Cape Town, a couple of years ago, uh, firstly, Cape Town is a beautiful city, diverse in culture. It's my hometown. It's where I grew up. It's uh, 11 plus official languages and diversity in every, every level. So it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. And uh, there's a, an event that came up, which we all know, Valentine's Night. And we decided, what are we, we going to do about Valentine's Night? Because um, it's, it's also, of course, it's a weekend where there are a lot going on, especially in the, in the slums, in the bad areas, in the dark alleys, and... and where um, there's a lot of prostitution, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of brokenness. And what we did is we decided we're going to buy as many red roses as we can. We're going to write on, on or with it, we're going to write. We asked one of the guys in our team that um, it's a really creative guy, awesome guy, and said, listen, we want you to, to write a poem. And it's got to be a love letter. It's got to be a Valentine's letter to these women. And it's got to be from God. It's got to be from Papa, from Father. A love letter from a father to a daughter. We went out that street uh, to, that night to the streets, and I don't, I don't. Well, we got in a lot of trouble also, but <laughs> uh, you know, God is I guess, with us, and I cannot. Remember if when I saw that many women and ladies cry other than right after watching the Titanic movie, it was it was tears. It was a lot of tears. But something was wonderful that was consistent was the, the reply that I've never known this. I've never heard this. Is this really is this really true? Me? At the lowest of the lows of the of the society where there's no respect isn't even something that is seems possible. We went out and we saw so many people, so many ladies, so many prostitutes that received God and received Christ because they heard of the love of God, the love of the master. We see this in the word of God as well. The Bible it tells an amazing story of the woman with the issue of blood where she heard of the compassion of the master she heard about the love of God that goes beyond the comforts that goes beyond reasoning that goes beyond 
what is normal and what is okay and reaches far beyond that. And she heard of the love of the master and she received faith. Faith was built in her. And what happened? She went to Jesus. She said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Where did that faith come from? From hearing about the love of God. That's the, that's the, the reason Jesus came. That's the reason why he was sent. It's because God so loved us even before everything. While we were yet dead in sin, where we were at our worst, at our lowest, He sent the best. He sent His love. So what does that mean? It means that it's absolutely unconditional. And I know you've heard this most likely, that unconditional love of God. But did you know that that also means that if you didn't do anything to receive God's love, there is nothing you can do to take that love away. Because a lot of times we, you know, believers or Christians or in the general space of, of, of religion or anything like that, it's like, yeah, we start out and God's good and, and uh, you know, life's great. And then stuff happens and then you're like, mm, I made mistakes. What do I do now? I'm not supposed to not to do these things. But the truth is God loved you even before you even tried to be good. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It's got to do with Him. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. It's unconditional love that made that happen. It is uh, the most amazing event in human history. You see, because before, maybe just before I get into that, quick scripture, Matthew 5, 17. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I have come to accomplish their purpose, to fulfill the demand, to fulfill the lack that was there, the need that we never could have met by our human effort. He has come to fulfill, to meet every requirement of the law, to meet every, every shortcoming. And that's why the event that happened on that wooden cross was something that changed the world forever. You see, it wasn't just a man that went up to the cross. He wasn't a martyr that went up to the cross to die for what he believed in or to die just for the people so that salvation might be available. No, no, no. He took our place. Every single problem, starting with sin, he took upon himself. And it wasn't sin of the past that he sorted out. And now you got to be good. You know, I, I, I did this much. Now you gotta, you got to carry on from here. No, no, no. It was every sin that was ever committed in the past, in the present, and in the future. It's the ever cleansing blood of Jesus. He dealt with sin once and for all. Once and for all. Every doubt, every problem, every shortcoming, he took upon himself. Every sickness, every disappointment, wherever you ever felt that you are not enough, he took that upon himself. Every sickness, every, everything. 
That's why the Bible says that the apostles, they were in shock at what they saw because they have never witnessed what happened on that cross. And this was nothing new, crucifixion, by, death by crucifixion. This was within the history books way before Jesus came on the scene. But something else happened here. His heart ruptured. Blood and water gushed out. Because every disappointment, every hurt, every heartache, every pain, every shortcoming he took upon himself in our place. You see, Jesus didn't come as the example for us. He came as the example of us. He took our place. He made things right and he brought us back into union with God where there is no lack. Like we said, so that they may have life and have it to the full. Not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, every requirement. And the cross was a means to an end. That's why it's Good Friday. Because otherwise, I don't think it would be good. It would probably be sad and very grateful Friday. But it's Good Friday because it, the cross, what Jesus did was a means to an end. It didn't end there. The story did not stop. He met every requirement so that we can be justified and made righteous in Christ. Not by our doing, but because of Him. Because of Him. You see, faith is such a big term used inside, outside Christianity. Faith is such a big word. And the Bible gives a great definition of faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. But what does it mean? Man, the Bible can be so difficult sometimes. Thank God for he helps us and gives us understanding. You see, faith in the Old Testament is kind of a bit different from the New Testament. Or maybe I should address that issue first. The Old Testament and the New Testament. What's the concept there? The concept is that a testament is something that comes into play after a person has died. Bottom line. So it kind of looks different before and afterwards, doesn't it not? And faith in the same sense. See, faith in the Old Testament was believing in what was to come. But in the New Testament, something happened. Something came into play. When Jesus went up there, took our place. And every judgment, every requirement, dealt with sin once and for all. All sickness, everything. Something happened. The concept of faith changed. Because what faith is, is trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That is faith. Faith is trust in the finished work that what Jesus said he came to do, that he did it and he fulfilled it. Because when he was on that cross hanging up there and he said with his dying breath, it is finished. It was finished once and for all. Faith. Trust in the finished work of Jesus. That is faith for the, for the, for the believe, believer today. So what does that look like? You see, like I mentioned before, religion says lack. Christianity says complete. And if we go to Colossians 10, uh, 2 verse 10 in the Living Bible, we see, so you have everything 
when you have Christ. And you are filled with God through your union with Christ. He is the highest ruler with authority over every other power. Complete in Him. See, no lack. I don't, there's no lack there. Everything in Christ. You see, who is Christ? The Messiah. Who is Christ? Good question. Christ is Jesus and His church. So you have everything when you have Christ and you are filled with God through your union with Christ. Union one. The body, this part, and this part, it's got the same name. It's Christ. He is the head of all principality. We are the body. We are one in union, lacking nothing because our source is God himself. That's why faith is the trust. In the finished work that everything that Jesus died for and what he did was done once and for all. And that we lack nothing as believers. Because our sufficiency is not of our own selves, but it is of him. So if you want to look at yourself and think, well, how am I doing? And you go look in the mirror and you better say, good day, beautiful. Because God made you beautiful in union with Christ. You see the Bible, the book, hey, calls it a mirror. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, beholding yourself in the word of God as a mirror. Calls it the mirror. The word of God is like a mirror. What does a mirror do? It shows the reflection of what is there, not what isn't. It shows you what's there already. That's why he said, don't become something that you are not. He says, be transformed in that which you already are. Because salvation is an all-inclusive word. It is an all-inclusive word, man. Salvation means everything that you could have ever needed, you have received. It's a full package. But a lot of times, we, it's a gift of salvation. And the gift is there. And we're all excited about the wrappers. And we're all around the wrappers. But I'm telling you what, if you open it up and see what's inside... Man, is way better than the rappers. It's the whole package. Salvation is all inclusive. It's the good news and the gospel of good news to every need there is. It's all inclusive. It was a complete work. You see, the, the same is and the greatest challenge that we face is... So beautiful in the, in the last song that, that the worship team sang was so beautiful, man. So beautiful. Eyes on Him. Repent, turn away from to Him. Because as we look, we ourselves are transformed. As we look in the mirror and we behold our true image and our true identity of who God says we are, we are transformed. You see, if we have a cup of water, is there, is there a cup? Is there a bottle. Here we go. Right. Let's go. Alright, that'll do. That'll do. Here we go. 
And we realize that something is a mess. There's, it's not full. Are we going to wage war on the emptiness? Are we going to wage war and try and get out the emptiness and rebuke the emptiness? Or are you going to just focus on filling it up? Because as you focus on being filled, the emptiness disappears. So what you put your focus on is what you magnify in your life. So when you turn to Christ, you turn to Him, the emptiness disappears. The lie of the emptiness disappears. The lie of lack that you are not enough disappears. The lie that you cannot disappears. The lie that the sin is the problem in your life disappears. Because He is enough for every situation and in every situation. And that takes me to Romans 6 verse 14. For sin shall have shall not have dominion over you. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What does that mean? Grace is the power from sin. It's not the license to sin. It's the power from sin. You see, grace is what says that you are righteous and justified in Christ. Like we saw in union, lacking nothing. But you don't have to try and become something that you're not. But you've got to realize who you are. See your identity. Because when you see who you are, you can walk as who you are. That's the beautiful thing. The enemy will always try and point the finger at you. Look what you did. You messed up. Again. Hundredth time. You've been a Christian forever. Messed up. Same thing again. You point the finger at your shortcoming. Or do you say, no, I look to Christ for my solution. Because He is enough. He is enough for me in my situation, in my challenge that I'm facing right now. In the questions that I need answers to. In the place where I need healing. In the place where I need courage. With the place where I feel that I am not confident or don't know enough or don't have the answer. He is enough. My trust in the finished work. In what He accomplished for me. What He did for me. Not in what I cannot do. Because my sufficiency is not of me but of Him. Love of God. No based on me. It's based on Him. See. Whenever the enemy points the finger at you. That's when you got to know. That you turn and you point the finger at Jesus. Because. That is the difference between being depressed and running away from God in a, in, a, in a challenging situation when you're facing challenges. And that the difference to running to God in the, in the problem in the face of challenges. Because so many times we want to, ra- want to run away from Him when we're supposed to run to Him. But if we, if we miss that, if we think and we look at the, at the lack that we are experiencing or the, the lie of lack that we see in our lives... If we focus on that, it's going to make us run away. But if you know that our fullness is from Him, and that the only way to get the emptiness gone is to fill it up, not to take the, get rid of the emptiness, that's not the focus. But focus on Him. The finished work. Faith. It's the trust. The finished work of what Jesus did. So wherever there's a challenge, 
whatever that thing is in your life that you need guidance and answer for, whatever that thing is that has felt like the thing that's limiting you, the thing that you've been trying to overcome. He says we are more than conquerors in Christ. You see, we started from the finish line. We started and fight and live from a place of victory. The fights we fight is from a place of victory because we know the outcome. Because our Father knows the beginning from the end. So, don't allow to look to yourself for the fulfillment, for being better and being enough. Look to Him because He is enough for your situation and everything that you need. He met every need and every requirement. He is enough in every situation, in every challenge. He is the answer to every problem. So, when, uh, when you hear those thoughts and those things come, and they will, you know what to do. You look away from, to Him. In every situation, in every shortcoming, He is the answer. He is the fullness. We are complete in Him. Brought into union, we lack nothing. There's nothing we need to add to what Jesus accomplished. There's nothing we got to make right first before we can receive God's blessing. It's too late. We're blessed already. It's too late. Because the love of God was expressed in Jesus on that cross for you and me. And our part is just to accept that. One of the most challenging things is the simplicity. To receive. But it's not based on us. God's goodness is way beyond what, uh, what we can think or deserve. It is, it is love. God is love.